For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Oh, what is happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great day. We are, it looks like we are almost out of quarantine. I don't know. Uh, Parts of the country are opening up. Seems like we've got a turn for the better happening, and we've got a great program for you today. Karen Buckwalter is back on the program talking about parenting under the lockdown, because it's still not going back to normal normal. I mean, we're still around each other more often than not. We're still working from home. School's still from home. School's not opening up. We don't even know if it's going to open up in the fall. Karen Buckwalter has a book called Raising the Challenging Child. It is a fantastic book for those with kids that have a stronger spirit than most. And we just wanted to have her on talking about how do you parent that stronger-spirited kid during the lockdown. And she gave us parenting advice for all parents during this quarantine, and it's fantastic. Let's dive into it. Here's Karen Buckwalter on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Good morning, Rebels. So glad to have you here today, or whatever time of day you're watching this. But we're (laughs) recording this in the morning here in Colorado. We are in our third week of quarantine uh, Have you seen all the funny memes going down? Like the first Zoom class, the lady was looking like all prestigious and perfect. And then by the 14th day, her hair, she's in a hoodie. She can barely see. She's yeah. like, here's my Zoom 14 days later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're inviting our best of the best guests on to talk about how do we survive the lockdown and the quarantine. Our guest today is Karen Doyle Buckwalter. You may remember our show on The Challenging Child I mean, Karen, thank you so thank much for you. coming on. We got the best comments and reviews from that program. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be back here with you guys. So thanks for the invite. Well, Karen, I love it because when I interviewed you last time, I keep using the one thing. I mean, you said many things, but the one thing that really stuck out to me that was so basic and helpful, and I've used it with parents, especially during this time, just make sure you feed and water every two hours. And people are like, oh, yeah, maybe I need to feed my teenager. Maybe I need to, you know, because we're just busy and stressed right now. And it's like, I don't know when the last time I ate and, you know, like structure. So I've used that all across the country. It's true, Karen. (laughs) She's been using it so many times. And then we almost instantly get feedback from parents going, oh my goodness, I had no idea. It's changed my child's behavior and attitude. Yeah. You know, I didn't know they were so hungry. (laughs) I didn't know they were just so helpful. And it's funny. I was uber, uber, super ADHD growing up. I mean, my parents were telling the story not long ago. When I was sleeping, I would kick one of my legs. They would hear this constant thumping noise and they came in my bedroom. I'm sound asleep and one of my legs is going up and down. I'm on my stomach just kicking my leg all night long. I would wake up with extreme low blood sugar and I would be furiously hungry. I would be so... Angry. My mom goes, Ryan, you were the cutest little boy. You had blonde hair and blue eyes and you were so tiny. But at three and four, you would literally come into my room at 435 in the morning screaming you were so angry. And she said, 
you were so hungry that we started putting a bowl of cereal and a cup of milk in the refrigerator next to a banana. And it was like, don't come in. Just go straight to the refrigerator. Eat the banana first. I would just like shove a banana in my mouth, pour a cup of milk in the cereal, eat cereal. And she goes, then you were fine. You were fine yes. after that. Mm. But yes. that has been so helpful saying, do your kids have enough water? Have they had enough food? At About least it. start there. Like yeah. it gave everybody start. a starting point. Like, right. Yes. Okay. I'm stressed. Things aren't going well. What is the first thing I can start with? Have we all eaten? <laughs> have we yeah. all drank water? Okay. Let's start there. Cause we're yeah. all probably yeah. a little dehydrated. <laughs> Yeah, getting us at our basic subsystems physiologically, you know, as good as we can be before we try anything else. And, you know, would also, you know, add to that and gross motor movement, if possible, you know, mm. sometimes that's harder depending where you're at or what you're doing. But any kind of movement too, you know, is really important. And I think especially at these times while we're, you know, stuck inside on top of each other. And, you know, I think sometimes people would be thinking, well, you know, you're home, so you're, it's easier to eat and drink and all that. But the truth is our routines are so out of whack that just these really basic things that are so important, we could be forgetting even more than usual because we're like, wait a minute. No, we're homeschooling. Wait a minute. No, I'm getting on this online thing. Wait a minute. No, I need to pick something up at the grocery store. No, I'm not supposed to go there until I have a full list. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that is exactly what's going on. We've been getting our kids to jump on the trampoline right before they go on a Zoom call. I mean, my son's school went from hour classes to hour and a half on Zoom. And so he's sitting at his desk in front of a computer for an hour and a half, just like sitting there. And I come in and there's scraps of paper all over his desk with drawings he's and different things. Doodling. He's just like, he's an artist. Yeah. So yeah, it's just the new normal, but we are just so grateful to have you on today and just to share and to help like what we were talking about before the show, just to give some normalcy to like, okay, we're all feeling a little stressed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can unpack that force a little bit on how to normalize the situation that we're in. Yes. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of people right now are dealing with a lot of anxiety, even if you're not prone to it. If you are prone to it, look out, you know, also loneliness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think one of the worst kinds of loneliness is loneliness when you're around people. So, yes, Mm. we're maybe in our home with our family, but we have social relationships and church relationships and these Mm -hmm. other relationships that feed us in different ways. Mm. So I do think there's a level of that as well. I think low grade depressed mood and lack of motivation Mm -hmm. is another one. A lot of folks are talking about. And even grief, you know, this feeling like, where's the life we had and when's this going to end and will it ever be normal? So I feel like the first thing that I want to do with you guys in our conversation, as you said before we went on, normalize that. This does not mean that you're a weak person, that you're a bad person, that you have severe psychological problems you know, that you're not a good Christian or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is an unprecedented, scary time. You know, I had a friend of mine the other day say, well, you know, I don't want to get even takeout from places. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, they want to support businesses with takeout. And she said, you know, I'm concerned about how many people are touching my food or what's happening to that food. 
And she said, I guess I'm paranoid. And I said, you know what? No, you're not. No. Paranoid is when you have fears about things that aren't really real. I mean, oh, right. Paranoia. What you're being yeah. now is careful and cautious. And, right? and yeah, and you're almost assessing your risk. Like, okay, well, if I get the takeout, I'm putting myself at a higher risk. So I get how that could be like considered, par- you know, because now to say that I sound paranoid, but in the reality that we're living in today, it's not. Yep. It's like, okay. My I've parents been- said that they were in and out burger and they got home and they were like, how many people were around our food? And at first I was like, well, and I'm like, nope, my parents are in their 80s. They are at the highest risk of, of people of suffering greater effects of it if they get it. And they're like, we're not getting takeout anymore. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, totally. Yeah, Don't get takeout. No big deal. You know, yeah. this is a real thing. Mm. It's so great to hear that. This is a real thing. It's not fake. Like, I keep seeing this meme online. Like, if you don't leave the quarantine with a new skill or a new tool or a new thing, Essentially, you're lazy. And Dr. Caroline Leaf posted, you know, if you don't leave this quarantine with a new skill or a new tool or a new thing you've learned, you're fine. People handle this in a different way. It's not that big of a deal. You don't have to. Now, I'm trying to do things like that. And I texted my two best friends yesterday, Zach and Marshall, and I was like, I really miss hanging out with you. And Mm. I'm sad. Like, I'm shooting my bow in the backyard, but they should be there with me. They should be there shooting with me, and we're not, and that's fine. I think we're doing the wise thing, but it still makes me sad. I still wish I was around them more. Marshall and I hang out all the time. We've seen each other one time in the last three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the new reality. Like and it's, I feel funny saying it, too. Like I feel like, oh, you're just being a baby, but I'm not. No. No, I think that loneliness that, loneliness. that we were talking about. And that- especially for the children that get to go to school and have all their friends. I mean, maybe for us adults who are already working independently, we're a little bit more isolated or we're okay not being connected daily to people. But I think of my children who yeah. love to go and run around with all their friends and be silly and do whatever they do on the playgrounds. And yeah, it's so, so okay. much we have 10 children in our cul-de-sac that can't play with each other. They just look at each yeah. other. They just see each other, and it's like, there's my friend I'm used to playing with every single day, and for three weeks we haven't been able to hang out. <laughs> like, yes. that's yes. really hard. Yeah, and I really want to amplify what you said, Ryan, about, you know, okay, maybe there's some – there are probably some positive things we can get out this or ways that we can grow. But, you know – it also stinks. Like it's terrible and it's scary. And Mm -hmm. I want to open space to be honest about that Mm -hmm. and our feelings about that and not feel like we have to turn it into a positive thing. You know, it doesn't have to be an either or. I think that Mm -hmm. idea of, you know, putting on rose colored glasses and this is just going to teach us something. It's a both and. Yes. Yeah. I like Mm -hmm. that. I do. Because some days I do well and some days I do poor. You know, some days I don't want to get out of bed in the morning and some days, you know, I'm like, we got to get more organized or whatever it is. Uh There's that it's I feel much more up and down in this time. I'm not as even keeled. I tend to go to the extremes and I've got to give myself the grace to be like, that's okay," You know, and you don't have to force your family into your extremes when you're there. You could just be like, you know, I'll do this on my own. I'll go organize the garage, but I won't make yes. everybody clean the whole house. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, and actually, you know, when you said organize the garage, you know, I was just thinking, you know, we want to 
we want to also think about practical like tips like you guys were talking about. And I think anything that you can bring order and structure to, whether it's your garage or your purse, I mean, whatever, mm. a junk drawer, a yeah. cabinet, I got one the of those doing something with their clothing drawer, anything that you can make more orderly feels good right now. Ooh, because that's a great so, tip. There's so much chaos mm. around us that I'm finding people are having, like I said, such satisfaction from my daughter just sent me a, a text this morning where she organized her pantry, her canned goods. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. does fantastic. it feel good that there's this small thing that you have control over that you can bring order to? Mm-hmm. Because there's so much around us right now that we cannot do that with. Yes. We are living with so much uncertainty and chaos around us, mm. but we don't even know when we're going to be allowed to use that word, I don't know, yeah. safely out of our houses again. Right, right. So I think anything, even for the kids, yeah, any little, little, you know, simple things like that, that we can do. So that cleaning the garage is like really a very great tip. You know, anything like that. Okay. During awesome. This well, I think I kind of started to try to clean the closet with my son and then it just turned into a disaster. But you just saying that is confirming like that is a good thing to continue just to go again and like, okay, let's stay focused and yeah. And, love, and so con- when I hear that, I hear, okay, it had to be a baby step. We're going to work on it for five minutes. Uh, yep. Yeah. Or we're going to do the junk drawer <laughs> instead of the closet. Yep. You know, I mean, any way that you can chunk Chunk it it smaller, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because we don't want everyone to get off here and say, oh, they said we should, you know, start a giant project and then people end up more overwhelmed. So, you know, take it in baby steps. Mm. I'm a big one for setting timers for five or 10 or 15 minutes of doing something Mm. and then stopping and going on to something else because, you know. I don't have the longest attention span myself, yeah. right? And then celebrate. That's the thing, <laughs> too. Even if you do clean the closet for five minutes, celebrate yes. that victory. Give yourself a pat on the back. Be like, hey, yes. I did that for five minutes. Awesome. Yes. Especially yes. anybody that, like, I tend to struggle more with anxiety and depression historically. And I've yes. been doing well with it lately. And there's that thing where, you know what? You got up today. You took a shower. You combed your hair. And you cleaned for five minutes. All right. Good job that's really hard to do when there's added pressure added stress added anxiety and then i think this is one can i ask this too with kids i think they need more praise during this time Mm -hmm. like hey thanks for helping me for five minutes i appreciate that that was a really big deal yeah or doing their homework or doing you know our school is doing a great job and i was trying to think how hard it would be to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth. I'm an early adopter with tech. So tech for me is no big deal. But I thought mm-hmm. all these teachers that aren't used to making... And parents now. <laughs> ...online PDFs that you can fill out online with a proper formatting and ways to turn in homework online and how to record your videos and how difficult it must be for everyone to do in all these new things like mm. oh my yeah. goodness can you imagine being a teacher in your 60s being like are you kidding me i gotta learn zoom and google classroom and new docs and all i gotta yes. learn all this and teach all my students at the same time yes. yeah. what a huge yeah. pain huge yeah huge yes. challenge 
And I think, you know, bringing up the tech and, you know, that's part of the hard side of it. But I think earlier when we were talking about the loneliness factor or not being able to connect with people, I think another tip for listeners is, you know, that's how we're using tech in a positive way. You know, there are lots of, you know, iPhones, you know, FaceTime, you can do with a group of people now. So for example, my church small group, we have a group text, we communicate by group text. Sunday after the service, I said, guess what? You know, we're watching the services online, like everybody across America. I said, guess what? I'm pressing FaceTime. We're having greeting time. Mm. We're having greeting time after the service. You know, and all of us just came on FaceTime, you know, for a while. So, you know, I think any ways that you can use technology for your kids to keep in touch with, you know, grandparents. And, you know, I read my granddaughter a story on FaceTime the other night. And I think, you know, tech can really also be our friend right now in terms of I've been trying to set up like Zoom coffee chats because my I have a group of friends that I run with. And after we run on Saturdays, we always went to have coffee and talk. I Mm -hmm. said, okay, go home, brew your coffee. And here's a Zoom link. I send that to everybody. So I think for the children to stay, I was actually very surprised how a kind of my three-year-old granddaughter was to a story yeah. through time, mm-hmm. listening to a storybook from grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I think it gives the parents a little break too. If we, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. we can sure. keep extended family still involved through using technology. Mm. Yeah. My parents are feeling lonely. They've been in Palm Springs for a while, so we can't see them physically and they've been yeah. there for almost four months now. Wow. And they're like, we don't see anybody. And they have a house in a community there where it's mostly second homes. And my dad said, maybe one out of 10 houses is occupied. And I thought, my goodness, my neighborhood would be a ghost town if only one in 10 homes had a family in it. And they're feeling so isolated. Mm. I think it is. It's a good time to reach out to relatives and siblings and parents and grandparents in this time on FaceTime or Zoom or, you know, whatever. The telephone. If if you're like, ah, that's too overwhelming for me, even on the telephone. Yeah. 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 And I heard parents trying to set up little kind of play date interactions also for their kids. You know, you talked about neighborhood kids not being able to see each other. And, you know, I have friends and colleagues that are like, we're setting up a little Skype thing for them to like, you know, at least just talk to each other and say Mm -hmm. hello to each other. That's great. Yeah. Our friend Jean Marie has been doing a weekly play date for her grandkids and her friend's grandkids. And she's like, I got to be honest, it's insanity. We've got like 18 three and four year olds online at the same time. She goes, it's pretty much chaos, but they seem to like it. So I guess we'll keep doing it. Like, all right. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. So and then kind of the opposite of using tech. I think another thing that we really want kids and grownups to be thinking about is nature. Mm any way that you can be outside in a safe way, social distancing, but being in nature, just again, getting back to things that feel normal and routine, you know, watching spring come forward. This is part of the natural cycle of the world and the earth and God's beauty. Like I feel like 
the predictability, like mm-hmm. it's the way it w- always was. Yep. It's happening again. It's, it's happened for years. <laughs> this is happening again now. I mean, just pausing and paying attention to something familiar mm-hmm. and beautiful and expected when everything feels so unexpected. Yep. So I think anything like that with getting into nature, we know natural sunlight and being in nature mm-hmm. impacts mood, impacts depression you know, combining that with movement, you know, a hike or whatever. And I know not lots of national parks and different places like that are closed right now. I understand that. But there are a lot of states where they're still allowing some kind of outdoor exercise. Sure, sure. Yeah. Karen, can you talk to the family that has maybe a stronger spirited child where there is a lot of extra arguments and combatants and kind of pushback going on right now where, you know, maybe you've got a child that just is struggling either, you know, hormonally or, you know, all the different things that can cause just that. I'm going to go stereotypical teen angst, you know, that 14, 15, 16, like this stinks and I hate this, you know, where that negativity is coming out. Whereas a parent, you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed of just yes. like, oh my goodness, I just wish, you know what I mean? That where yes. you're trying not to fight with your kid all the time, but you're like, oh my goodness, you're just so miserable right now. You know, there's a lot of that kind of thing going on. And I want to give parents a break. Like, for sure, it's frustrating. But are there some of the little things we can do to try to calm those situations down? Yeah, well, you know, of course, we've already talked about, you know, some of the basic things of making sure people are eating, drinking, moving as much as possible during these times. The next thing that I'm going to suggest is really often counterintuitive to parents. That's validate and affirm. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, it could be worse or or, you know, like it is, it's awful. I can see why you miss your friends. I hate this too. I'm missing my friends. I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, when you shared Ryan earlier, your own experience of missing people, kids love when we share things like that with them. Yep. They sure do. It's interesting. You know, they just feel like we're grownups and we don't get it and whatever. We live in this, you know, parallel universe. Sure. You know, and um, in a way, <laughs> I wouldn't normally go to my son and be like, dude, I miss my friends so much because what I feel like I'm doing is sheltering him from my sadness. But what I'm actually doing is validating his sadness. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Instead of yeah. sheltering him and hiding him from the things that I'm feeling, it's because it, you're right. It seems counterintuitive. I'm sitting here going, wow, I would for sure not normally go to him and be like, dude, I miss my friends so much. I hate not hanging out with people. This totally stinks because I don't want him to go more negative, <laughs> yeah. but I'm validating those feelings in him. Wow, that's so yeah. powerful. Yeah, that's huge. Yes. You know, yeah. and I think, of course, we want to caution. There's a fine line. Yes. Yeah, of course. You know, what you're saying is right. We don't want to <laughs> overwhelm our children with our own angst. And, Drum, you know, yeah. I'm a big one to say that children will handle things as well as the adults are handling things. But I do think there are those moments of joining together on you know, a child saying that, and you also don't want to, you know, replace their feelings like, well, hey, I, you know, I think it's more of a connecting, like, mm-hmm. I so get what you're saying, because I'm kind of feeling that way about, mm-hmm. you know, doing bows with, you know, so and so, like, this is hard, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think you can move on to your typical, you know, well, so what can we do, you know, <laughs> whatever that is, you know, but Many times parents like move right to the problem solving, which can feel really like discounting 
Like, you know, just get over this and we're going to go do this, you know? And I think you don't have to wallow in it. You don't have to stay there for like, that doesn't have to be where you stay, Mm -hmm. but just to be joining about that. I mean, I have seen that so powerful, especially with adolescents, you know, even, you know, outside of this, I can even think of an example in my faith journey, you know, we as Christian parents, we want our kids to, you know, uh, love Jesus and want to embrace our faith and, I just remember one time telling my daughter, you know, these are some of the struggles I went through in college with faith. And I took a course on the world religions. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I ever had her attention so strongly about faith Mm, ever as when I acknowledge my own period of doubt. I mean, I had her like in such a connection with me more than my usual well we need to you know do this uh, do our bible study and go to youth group and da, 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 da. Yep. and again there's a balance of this you know I, i'm not suggesting that we overwhelm the children or adolescents with our emotions but there's also a piece of joining and being human together and sharing together mm. oh, yeah, yeah and finding sure. that balance yep Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think, too, it it acknowledges that they're human, too. When I feel like instead of just shifting or reframing this season we're in, instead of just being in it with them, being like, okay, well, we're going to go through this together. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And it is. That's the thing, too, you were saying earlier. It is such a huge change for my 13-year-old oh, and my 8-year-old, they're doing all their stuff online. Such a big change. Like he's used to writing out his papers, you know, in a notebook and now everything has to be typed. typed yeah. And it's like, oh. oh my goodness, I'm not used to typing and, you know, I'm not used to having to hit shift to capitalize every first sentence and the spacing is odd and all the different things. And for me, I'm like, dude, this is just normal life stuff. Like you got to learn how to type. It's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal because it's on top of every Everything other thing else. that we're dealing with. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, you know, we think of almost like change fatigue. Yeah. Or, you oh, know, right. or, or disruption fatigue. It's like, you know, a certain amount of this, we go through life each day learning new things about technology or a change in how we're doing our work or a change in how things are done in the classroom. But it's too much. Yeah. It's so many to assimilate at one time that just acknowledging it's a lot. It's hard. It's too many changes at once. So let's just do our best and try to support each other in them. Yeah. And I love what you said, Karen, about just chunking it down. Just chunking everything down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because everything has kind of shifted. Yes. Mm. Wow, yeah. this is fantastic. I'm so glad we called you. Kristen and Laura were right. Your first program was brilliant. <laughs> this has been so, so helpful because it's stuff that we can actually do. You know, you've got all the little things, you know, make sure your kids have food and water. It sounds so silly like yeah. you've got a pet, but make sure they've got enough sleep. You know, that's the other one too. We've been letting our kids stay up a little bit later because we've got such a different schedule. And you can see the sleep when it gets off a little bit. Oh, okay, I see that. We need a little more sleep this week or, you know, those types of things and normalizing it for your kids, validating and confirming their feelings. And getting outside. I mean, I think if you are able, like I have just noticed that I haven't been outside the last couple days as much. Like 
I was going out on walks. I was taking like five walks a day. I was doing okay, <laughs> and then it just kind of stopped. And so today after the show, I'm going to go on a walk with the dogs and just be like, okay, it's essential. The dogs need to be walked. I need to be walked. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and I think, um, too, I want to mention, if I may, two things about that um, in terms of these practical strategies. One of the things that we need to think about when our nervous system is this on edge, and it is, we are not wired to deal with this much uncertainty all the time, all day. So we have to do what some scientists are calling dosing. So, you know, it's sort of like the food and water every two hours. But, you know, if you normally were getting up and doing a run in the morning and like, I'm good for the day. Well, no, you might have to go out in the sun two or three minutes. You know, it's a similar idea to this feeding and watering every two hours. The idea of dosing. Microdosing. Yeah. So I wanted to share that word, too, because I feel like, okay, I need a dose. You know, we're familiar with that with medicine and other things that we can't just get our morning workout in and we're regulated for the day. Right. Yeah. 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 And I also wanted to highlight thinking about art and music in the home right now. Children can draw and express themselves in ways that they can't in words. So I'm not suggesting you have to like, you know, run out and try to be a play therapist or something. But I do think opportunities to share music or sing together or, you know, let's get out the crayons and just draw whatever comes to your mind. Any kind of thing, any kind of like right brain kind of things like that right now, I think are really helpful because it allows us to express that which we can't put into words, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. We've been playing a lot more music lately. It was funny because I was telling Laura, I just forgot how much great music is out there. You know, like... I love classic rock, but I saw a documentary on the band ZZ Top. And I'm like, my goodness, their sound was so unique. It was so different. And Lucy and I were driving along in the car, and a song from the 70s was playing. I'm like, oh, Lucy, this is a band called ZZ Top. Mommy and I saw them in concert one time. And I was just talking about their music, and she was so fascinated. She was so into it. And it was like, oh, hey. This is cool. And I've been like trying to play different things for my kids. Like, this is why we like this. They really do. They really like that. So as parents, if you've got stuff that you're really into, you know, even from back in the day, introduce it to your kids. We've got a huge record collection. And so we've been playing records for our kids. And they're just like, oh, "Oh, my goodness. I love it. It's great. Yes, exactly. And that's even a little bit of that joining we were talking about, like, this is a part of you and your past and yeah. you're you know, bringing it forward with them. You know, it's just so fun. I love that. Awesome. Karen, thanks for being thank on the broadcast you. today. Thank you for doing this during the quarantine. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me back. I was honored to be asked to come again. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much to Karen Buckwalter for coming on the program today. What an amazingly wise woman. Wow, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Hope that blessed you. If you need anything, email me, help at rebelparenting.org. A special thanks to those of you still supporting our ministry during this lockdown. We appreciate it more than you could possibly know. It really does make the difference for us. God bless all you rebels. We will see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and 
When you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting. Rebel Parenting.